And thank you for again for joining me for another episode of Confessions of a College Walk-On. Tonight, I have a really special guest, really great teammate of mine, hometown hero, in fact. And also, he was uh, on the president's list for UCF for academic uh, achievement for the fall of 2021 semester. Let me introduce Stephen Martin. What's up, guys? My name is Stephen Martin. play wide receiver at UCF. I am a redshirt sophomore. And uh, I walked on here in 2020. So that was pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get into that here in a little bit because that 2020 year was just absolutely crazy in general oh, yeah. with COVID going on and everything. But Stephen, let's, let's first get into it. What's a little bit of your, your background with you and your family? So um, my mom and dad, they never played sports that much, but I was always a big kid. So interesting that um, my dad is 5'11", my mom is five six and i'm about six foot four so a little bit of parody in the height there but i get it from my grandpa and i'm really blessed to have my parents they um they're really great and raised me the right way but um they both went to ucf so i grew up a ucf fan i grew up going to the games some even at the citrus bowl most of them at the bounce house um, whether i was interested or not i was always there but I really did grow to become a big fan by the time I finally understood kind of how football worked. Uh, Steven, what do you think was your first game that you can actually remember? Because I remember my first game, that was UCF versus ECU in the Citrus Bowl. My neighbor had tickets on the 50-yard line. <laughs> I got very lucky, but that game was a blowout in ECU. I'm pretty, pretty sure it won. Uh, what about you? I think the first game I actually remember... Uh, I don't remember it vividly, but I do remember being there, and it was the Texas game, first game of the Bounce House. Oh, I, that place was rocking. <laughs> yeah, that was before they did the stadium repairs. Uh, yes. Especially, especially to, just to make it a little bit more stable, because I think I was <laughs> there that season, and that thing was rocking, and that was crazy. Was crazy environment for that game. I don't even think we ended up winning. I think we lost, but... Um, it was against a top Texas team back when they still had all the guys like Colt McCoy and all those um, that older generation of Texas right before when they were still really good. And I remember just that game atmosphere was just wild. <laughs> oh, I, I definitely believe that. So, Stephen, what what ended up getting you into the sports? Because you said you know, your parents aren't, you know, over six foot. You said you're the height <laughs> skipped a generation when it came to. Yeah. Uh, your parents and things, and they, oh, I know a little bit of background about your parents, and they're very smart, to say the least. Uh, yeah. But, like, what kind of ended up pushing you into sports? Well, um, they kind of, I would, they kind of put me into sports early, just because I was, like, I was that energetic kid. So, it was a way for me to burn my energy off. And I started playing soccer, I think, when I was three years old, and um, it was really just a way for me to move around and just be active because um, I always had a lot of energy around the house. I Growing up, I was the crazy kid that would always get stitches. I think I got stitches, I want to say four times between the age of like three and 10 or something like that. So I was the wild kid in my family and sports was kind of a good way to just kind of get me away from doing stupid things and, and fun things and 
winning you know <laughs> yeah definitely focus all that rambunctious energy you had as a kid right. into like a, a team activity to also get your social skills working too at a young age yeah so, so yeah that was their plan for me and um i started off with soccer but really my first love for sports was in basketball and i was a big basketball player uh i never really played organized football um i played it one year when i was in fourth grade i think i was 12 years old I think I played like Mighty Might football for um, the Azalea Park team, and they made me play center, Ooh. and that was not a good experience for me. Yeah, that, that never is, especially if, uh, in my case, like I ended up being a bigger kid, so my weight class would have been like two levels above my age, mm -hmm. uh, and it was just it it wouldn't have been fun. So I'm glad I got to play in an in an unlimited league where I got to play. No quarterback because I had an arm, so I was I was lucky there. Uh, so you know, first love really being basketball. When did you start picking up basketball? Probably when I was about I think five or six, and it was like one of those like organized YMCA like kind of youth leagues, and I think it was that was really my first love, and I loved basketball. I mean, I was always taller too, so that kind of helped. Um, so a lot of the times I'd actually be playing up, like up above my um my age so like i would be like 10 playing with like 12 or 12 year olds and still like i would be like just as big or even bigger than some of them and a lot of the parents actually used to complain to my parents saying oh he's not in the right age league but i was actually playing up so yeah that's kind of fun, funny about that oh definitely on that case i i don't know that's uh yeah i mean sometimes when especially when you're young and you end up having height over people Mm -hmm. uh parents start to complain when it comes to things like you know yeah. basketball it's like he's too big of a kid to be playing with our son he's the same age i don't know what you want me to do here exactly like it's just gift height is a gift so can't really control it oh yeah uh so where'd you end up going to uh, uh elementary school and middle school was it all private school based off of uh you know of course going to bishop Moore in high school or what yeah, was yeah yeah so um, I went to um, a Catholic school right near where I live. It was uh, called Good Shepherd. It's actually right next to Colonial High School. And um, I was, I've been in private school my whole life coming to UCF. So it was a bit of a change for me coming to UCF because, I mean, it's one of the biggest schools in America. And going from private school to biggest school, big, biggest public school in the country is a big change. So, Oh, oh definitely. Yeah. Definitely COVID in that case. kind of eased me into it because campus was still a little dead, but um, still a big, big change. Oh, yeah, no, definitely. It's uh, when you can, you know, I'm going to guess you probably had less than like 1,200 kids at your, uh, at your, like, at that uh, middle school and elementary school area. And then, yeah, it was a K through eight. And I, I don't remember ooh. exactly how much, but it was probably around that number. Yeah, and then, you know, maybe having a little bit more when it came to the high school situation, but then going from that to all of a sudden, boom, you got like 68 to 72,000 people at a, at a college campus. Mm -hmm. It gets it gets busy real quick. Uh, yeah. So as as you progressed into, into middle school, um, how much more competitive did things get? Let's go to like focus on basketball because you didn't really start playing full competitive football until high school, correct? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah so, other than that first year of PB football, which I quit right after, I I didn't play high school or I didn't play tackle football until high school. So basketball was really it. And uh 
it really started to get competitive with me for right, right around like eighth and ninth grade because I started playing more AAU ball, which is more like travel ball stuff, like mm-hmm. tournaments. And it really did get competitive for me. And I really did see myself playing college basketball. And I didn't really have any intentions of playing college football. So I really did take the, the basketball seriously in terms of the travel ball and how I performed and talking to college coaches for that. But it never really just fizzled out to be the right thing for me. Yeah, so when you ended up, you know, eighth grade was over and then you ended up getting to high school, what kind of pushed you to play football? Because I know, like, there's a decent amount of basketball players who are like, I'm not going to play football. And, you know, they mm-hmm. may come out for, like, a season or something like that. But no one, not really no one, but a lot of them don't generally be like, I'm going to play four years, uh, especially mm-hmm. if, they, if their first focus in love is is basketball. So did was there a transition between no basketball and football to where you ended up just loving football uh it's actually kind of a funny story because kind of how you explained it i literally just went into my freshman football season like yeah i'm here to just kind of meet some new friends get a uh fresh start into high school and uh as freshman football starts like it starts like a couple of weeks before school so i really use that to just kind of meet some new people meet some new faces in my grade and um at the end of the year I was planning on just quitting football, focus on basketball, but um, I actually had a pretty good year, and um, I was I was thinking about playing quarterback because uh, I played some flag football back in like middle school, elementary school, and I was always the quarterback. But um, my freshman football coach put me at wide receiver because they already had a different quarterback, and I ended up having a pretty good season for my freshman for my freshman year, but um, and I was planning on quitting and playing basketball, but the varsity coach saw a couple of my games. Um, he convinced me to keep playing football, and he actually kept convincing me after my sophomore and my junior year to keep playing football because after each of those years, I was planning on just going to quit and then focus on the basketball. So actually pretty interesting that you mentioned that because that's exactly what happened to me, and I would have stopped playing football had it not been for my varsity coach who kept convincing, convincing me to come back. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at our, your stats on like, especially a two year starter, wide receiver. You played a year at free safety. Yeah. Um, what? That was my senior year. And, um, uh, it was like kind of middle of the season. A couple of our guys had gotten hurt and uh, a couple of guys were underperforming and my coach, uh, was just telling me, like, we just need some athletes back there to go play football. And I have zero experience playing defense. I probably didn't even know how to tackle at the time. But <laughs> I I filled in where I was needed. I figured it out on the fly, made a couple of tackles here and there. I wasn't really great, even though some of my coaches back then would be like, oh, you were you graded out really well and you did your assignment. But, like, at the end of the day, I was not a safety. I was just an athlete playing safety. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you, you made 37 tackles and broke up seven passes on the defensive side of the ball. I'd say for a wide receiver, that's pretty dang uh, dang good, especially <laughs> when you don't really know what you're doing and you just need to be back there for an extra man. Yeah. Like, in my mind, that's pretty good. Uh, so, you know, let's... How many... Well, I guess, of course if at all, how many college offers or college looks did you end up getting, say, beginning of your junior year if you were getting any, and then senior year and 
off that? Well, uh, I really didn't get that many looks because, um, as I mentioned, like after my junior year, I was thinking about quitting because um, I, I was a bench warmer my junior season. And I was like, why am I wasting my time on this? And uh, uh, it was right like at my spring of my junior year. I, did, I had a pretty good spring ball. And there were a couple of coaches that just kind of saw me based on just potential. Like a couple like D2 kind of smaller schools. Like um, I think it was at the time Florida Tech who doesn't have a football program anymore. I think they were my first offer. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that was right after my spring ball of my junior season going into my senior year. That was my first football offer. I think I only ended up getting a couple of D1 offers, but some D2s. I think I had um, Lenore Ryan uh, from North Carolina. I had Notre Dame College up in Ohio. That was another D2. Um, I think that was about it for like actual like offers. I don't know exactly how much money that would have gotten me, but for actual offers, I think those are my only D2s. I had one from uh, Davidson College, North Carolina. That was my first D1 offer. And then I had a couple of other like preferred walk-on opportunities that were cool, but I would never would have taken because it would have been too expensive. Like um, at uh, Wake Forest, they offered me a preferred walk-on. And then Stanford offered me a preferred walk-on too. But those just were way out of my price range, like private schools, great schools, but would never have taken them because they're just so expensive. Yeah, I mean, in, in Stanford, on top of being, uh, that's a private education college, I believe, correct? Yeah, same with Wake Forest. Both of them are private schools. Yeah, I'd still think their out-of-state tuition would have just been god-awful, to say the least. Yeah. Yeah, e even if you're end up there, you were probably banking on, oh, you're uh, high academically. Maybe you can get some <laughs> academic money to come by. and That, that just sounds just... That's definitely out of my price range, I can tell you that. Yeah. And I would have never asked my parents to help me pay for those out-of-state costs or even take out loans because I always had UCF in my backyard, whether I was playing football or not. And with Bright Futures, I got the full 100% tuition paid off, and I got a merit scholarship too. So um, that yeah. paid for almost all of my college expenses other than some of the room and board but mm -hmm. well i mean it sounds like just based off that of course academically you're a pretty sound student majoring in computer engineering like i yep. i don't know how is it computer science or legitimate computer engineering it's computer engineering and there actually is a difference between the two computer science is like almost all like coding and uh writing and um programming languages while computer engineering is a uh, a mix between design design and coding so actually working with some circuits and some computer hardware design and then also on top of that some coding so it's kind of like you you dabble into like electrical engineering and computer science at the same time so it's kind of like a mix well i learned the difference between new things every day <laughs> so yep. when did i guess when did ucf end up approaching you with a, a, a walk-on spot uh you kind of tell me how that kind of ended up working? Yeah. Um, so uh, back in October of my senior year, um, I kind of mentioned it to my high school coach that UCF was kind of like a, a dream school for me. If I was able to play football there, I would probably take it. 
Um, and so I actually had a connection on my Bishop Moore football staff. Um, and his name was Bob Spitolsky. He played here at linebacker for a couple of seasons, I think back in the 80s or 90s, ended up playing in the NFL for the Seahawks for a long time. One of Bishop Moore's uh, biggest football um, players to ever go there. And so he actually was able to reach out to Coach Heupel. I think he had some type of connection with him through the Orlando area. And just kind of mentioned my name, like sent my film over. And um, right after that, I got a, a visit, like a recruiting visit to come watch the ECU game that season. And I remember it, it was like, wow, like I'm really living the recruit experience. Like this is actually really cool. Kind of like almost a dream come true. And uh, I was getting recruited by Coach Lebby mm-hmm. at that time. He was kind of, we were messaging through uh, Instagram, or not Instagram, but Twitter DMs kind of how that thing goes. Yeah. And after that game, I just remember things kind of going a little bit silent. And I just, I didn't know where I stood. And I thought, okay, maybe it was just a one-time thing. Like, I don't know what's happening. And um, things didn't really pick up for me until about uh, January. January, uh, I um, was done with football already. My basketball season was actually cut short. I had torn my ACL, uh, my first preseason game of my senior year. And so I was able to kind of talk a little bit more to some colleges because my, my basketball season was cut short. Mm-hmm. And um, I was actually getting recruited by this basketball school up in Daytona called Embry-Riddle. It's mm-hmm. an aeronautical school and um, really, really good school. And um, I was going up there to drive up for like a little visit, talk to the coaches, and they were um, getting ready to offer me a spot on the team. And on drive up, I get a call from a, an Orlando number. And I'm like, I don't really know who this is, but I guess I'll pick it up. And it was Coach Heupel. And Coach Heupel offered me a preferred walk-on spot on the way up to my visit to this basketball school, which I was actually probably going to shake their hand and tell them I'm ready to come to your school to commit. So kind of funny how that worked. And um, getting that call, I was like, okay, I need to think about this now because I never really heard from UCF up until that point. And so I kind of called off my little commitment for the basketball and thought about it for a while. And I ended up committing to come as a preferred walk-on in February, like a few days before signing day. And um, yeah, that's that's pretty much the story about that. That that's just uh, that's a crazy feeling. I I know when I ended up getting, you know, my call for like, hey, you want to walk on? Uh, <laughs> I was I was in class when that happened too. Uh, it was it was kind of funny. Like I had just, I think, submitted my UCF application, and probably within two or three days in a high school class, I looked at the no, the phone number and went, "Hey, uh, teach, I got to answer this real quick. It might be a college." And he was like, "Okay, go ahead, down the hallway, real quick," and answered it. Ended up being uh, Coach Becton, senior. Yeah, and that was something else to tell you that. Uh, shoot, right after February, we ended up getting the. Uh, the COVID situation in, in March, how did, mm-hmm. how did that affect you? Especially ending high school, not being able to do a full graduation ceremony, probably more than likely. Um, and just, it, how- was, it was just weird, you know, and actually I did get to graduate. Um, it was on my own high school football field. 
which was blazing hot. It was a like a Saturday in the middle of July. You guys have turf oh. too, so that's just terrible. Yeah, it was really hot, unbearably hot. But um, it was just weird because that whole COVID semester, and um, like we had, I remember right before we were going on spring break, it, we had a like a little uh, um, assembly like in the gym, and the principal mentioned like guys we're going on spring break and i know this whole like virus thing is going on in china but um we're still planning to come back to school after spring break so um just we'll get through it and we'll let you know if there's any updates and then we never went back <laughs> so yeah that was, that was i remember that spring break they said like okay we're just gonna extend spring break one more week and then another week and then another week and then after a while they just said all right we're just gonna go mobile for the rest of the semester so yeah that's i mean colleges were like that too it was okay we're gonna do it another was just too much of the unknown you know like yeah. no one knew what was actually happening so yeah it, it was it was hard to track down because it presented flu, like flu-like symptoms even though it wasn't the flu and if you were more susceptible to it than others you ended up in the hospital so it was, mm-hmm. was kind of crazy like that uh so when did you end up getting to ucf because i know like we were bringing back guys in like small waves mm-hmm. and things. And like, I, I think I was brought back in the last wave before fall camp. I, I don't know if, if you were in that wave too, but wouldn't you end up getting to UCF to start like training? Um, I actually got here uh, when school started. I wasn't a part of fall camp that, that uh, COVID year. I was in that last wave of guys who got brought in basically after camp was over and when school was starting. Mm-hmm. So there were a couple other guys with me. I know Max Holler was there with me for sure. And I think of just a couple other guys that were either hurt or just local, like guys like walk-ons, um, because I was dealing with that ACL injury. And so they were giving me a little bit of time to rehab because I knew I wasn't going to be able to play immediately anyway. Yeah. So I yeah, that's that. kind of how that went. So uh, going through that, first year what do you think one of the like hardest transitions from being a high school athlete to a college athlete was for you honestly for me it was the social aspect because with covid and my injury i wasn't really a part of the team originally when i came in i was with that little rehab group i made a couple of good friends like jordan and mckenzie was in that group and bam moore mm-hmm. and keenan cupid was there too and uh, i think also jared baker like those were like the core like rehab guys, but I don't know if you know this, but uh, when when you guys were practicing, we were inside lifting. So, and then on top of that, when we did uh, meals, we would we couldn't sit with each other. It was like one per table. Or yeah, I, take it to go. I got a so, <laughs> I got a video of Montalvo and I sitting at one end of the table. And I'm just <laughs> I'm just like, hey, Mahani, can you can you pass the salt? salts all the way by him and he just slides it across the table <laughs> and i'm just like thanks it's these tables are like eight feet long you're just kind of sitting huge. yeah but it was just that weird semester where like i just i didn't really know anyone except for those kind of those guys in my rehab group so like going in like into that season i really just didn't have a lot of friends and um just because i just didn't know anyone and didn't really have a chance to like get to know anyone Mm-hmm. So that, that first season was a little hard for me. Right at about October, though, I got cleared to go play football again. 
And going into the scout team, I was able to kind of meet some some new friends. But honestly, it was just socially was just the weirdest transition for me because I didn't know anyone. And I didn't feel like I had a chance to get to know anyone. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, it's definitely the social aspect of it, especially that year was just kind of weird because I didn't even get to meet uh, some of the new guys because... You know, mm-hmm. it's like I only saw them at practice. I only saw people at practice. I didn't see them during weights because we'd yep. be lifting with like our side of the ball, uh, and you know everyone was wearing a mask. So I saw your eyes, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, so after that, after that, your freshman fall season, we get into spring. I retire for the first time, so that was funny. That's <laughs> still funny to me. Uh, and then you get back into like the normal lifting phase or the real, mm-hmm. the real, the real phase of football for you, uh, for college. How did that end up working out for you? Those first what was, I think it was about a month and a, a month and a half or so before Hypo left or something like that, or only like three or four weeks. Oh yeah. Like right, right in those January workouts. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a little weird because I think there was still kind of some effects of the COVID. Like there was, they still didn't have a vaccine at that point, so everyone still had to wear a mask. Everyone still had to do testing. So still a little bit weird, but starting to get kind of more back to normal. And I remember like right before Hypel staff left, um, we were doing kind of those throwing sessions, and some of those like student like man or assistant student assistant coaches could be there and watch us. And I remember in those, I was like kind of turning a few heads from those assistant coaches. And um, it was just because they'd never seen me before. And um, coming back from that knee injury, and I kind of started to feel like myself again. I was I was really moving again for the first time. And it's the first time they'd seen me. And so those student assistant coaches, they they liked what they saw from me. And they were expecting kind of like a, um, not a breakout year, but like kind of a year where I was going to be able to just get going and start playing a little bit more. So mm-hmm. it was a little weird because I got that kind of that call where they mentioned that. And then like literally a week later, Coach Heupel left. So <laughs> I and, and don't really know how that would have gone. But And how was your in- initial reaction? Because uh, I know, I think like it, the announcement, he, I don't know if he found out on Tuesday, but there was like a team meeting uh the when, zoom meeting yeah the team meeting yeah. on a wednesday i wasn't a part of that i was in the weight room with the other weight room interns uh and then i just hear somebody text or somebody text me it was like hey do you hear hypo was leaving and i'm like what are, you, what are you talking about and then there was like that emergency team meeting yeah uh in the facility like how, how was the reaction from the guys and especially from you in that situation it was just like weird because I remember we were, it was like a non-football related like meeting, um, like kind of one of those meetings where like everyone's got to do them. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what it was for, but I just remember seeing in the Zoom chat, someone put, yo, Hypel just left, like with no context. And then like a, a few seconds later, I get this notification like on my phone, coach or coach Josh Hypel accepts job to go to Tennessee. And I was like, what? Like, this is wild. And then, of course, like that Zoom chat just starts flowing with messages. Everyone's going crazy. And the next thing you know, I think it was Smitty who hopped on the call, on the Zoom call, and said, 
hey guys, we're having an emergency team meeting in like 15 minutes. Everyone try and get here as fast as you can because it's urgent. And everyone knew exactly what it was for. So yeah, that was really weird and <laughs> kind of strange when it comes to that um, kind of how it happened. Because the first thing that um, the way the news was broke was through social media. Mm-hmm. So I mean, and that's just kind of how everything is these days. Like social media gets the news first before even own, our own team does. Yeah, ESPN ends up breaking it before anyone else, which is the crazy yeah. part. Um, so, you know, going through, I think it was like what well, we had like two weeks of kind of like a limbo situation because we hadn't hired an AD yet and we weren't going to mm-hmm. hire a head coach until that AD got there. Um, what was the overall mentality from you uh, when it came down to it? Were you like afraid he was en- ending up going to just wipe out whoever came in was going to wipe out the walk ons and start fresh or? Uh, uh, well, I mean, hold on. As we can tell, uh, someone has knocked on Steven's door. This is going to still be in the recording. Uh, and I don't cut anything out, people. Just let you know. You get the straight recording live from uh, every situation. I should start playing the Jeopardy theme song music. That would be hilarious right now. But right now, I am just talking to myself. So hopefully everyone's having a really good day. Uh, Everything's going great for them. Uh, As of right now, episode three will hopefully get posted Thursday night. Uh, This would be episode four, which might get posted next Thursday. Thursday, I want to say that will end up being the 22nd of September, 2022. All right, I'm back. (laughs) Okay, no, you're good. I was literally talking to myself and it going through whoever ends up listening. I was just explaining that like, (laughs) hey, this recording keeps going. I don't cut anything at this point. (laughs) Well, it was actually um, Paul and a couple of um, my other roommates uh, and then a couple of my neighbors, they knocked on my door. Like five of them were just standing outside of my door. I'm like, what are you guys doing here? <laughs> like, I'm on a call right now. <laughs> yeah, that's just, so that, that's just funny. They all just left and now I'm back. Yeah. Uh, so I think we were leaving off like we were in the limbo phase. Well, we'll actually just end mm-hmm. up skipping to what was your initial reaction when you heard Gus Malzahn, former Auburn coach, was coming to UCF to be the head coach? I was shocked. And uh, I, I didn't think, because I know he had just gotten fired at Auburn, had this big buyout. And I was like, I thought he was like going to retire, you know, just kind of move on from coaching because he got that, that big buyout contract. So I was shocked that he was announced because I didn't think he was ever going to coach again. And um, I didn't really know how it would work out because uh, just because it was almost like two completely different, like, coaching mentalities. And kind of hypos was play fast, score a lot of points, run up the score, like, get as many yards as possible. And then Malzahn was kind of like that grinded out, like, SEC, like, play hard-nosed football doesn't matter how you win if you win, but I didn't know how it was going to turn out. And um, once he got here, I kind of realized, like, 
I was a little bit wrong because um, just the amount of success he had at former places in terms of like uh, high tempo offense and big time offenses. But the SEC kind of masked it a little bit because of how good those teams are. So no, yeah. it was interesting to see how that kind of spring ball went, just learning that new offense and uh, just kind of transitioning between the two systems. Oh, yeah. No, and I definitely, it was definitely weird to see. Uh, the transition, um, especially everyone's faces when I was like, hey, uh, I'm, I stopped being a weight room coach. I'm, I'm coming back <laughs> on the team. <laughs> that was, I think I remember a couple of reactions, especially from, uh, who was it? Uh, man, who, who was that tall tight end? That, uh, Charlie. Uh, oh, his, yeah. his reaction was funny. Uh, and really like Parker's reaction Cole's reaction, like all the guys who came in during that spring semester were like, what, why is the weight room coach practicing with us? What's going on? <laughs> um, and that was just funny in general. Yeah. So, going to that summer, what do you think your main focus was on uh, of 2021? Uh, just kind of, you know, grind it out, compete as best as you can to impress the coaches and try to get something going? Uh, yeah, I actually had a pretty good spring ball. Um, my first day of spring ball that season or that um, 2021, I actually made like a really nice catch. And uh, I remember Coach Melzahn like really didn't even know my name, but just kind of had a list in front of him. And I was the first person to break it down after that first spring practice because of the impressive play I made in that um, that first practice. And I, that kind of set me off as a good impression from him, just kind of that guy who go up and make a play whenever he needed it and um that kind of set me on a good path so I felt like I was on a, a good place after spring ball so going into that summer it was really just about me getting stronger and faster because I was still was wearing that knee brace after that ACL injury mm -hmm. and um I still was pretty slow after that because um I still wasn't a hundred percent I felt like and so that summer was really just about me getting back into the shape I was in before I got hurt. And um, it took a while. And actually this summer or this spring or summer, I finally hit my old squat max from high school after that knee injury. And that was really big for me this past summer. But um, just that 2021 summer was really just about me getting back into like true football shape. So Nah. And I think um, Coach Dawson's staff really helped me do that. And I've really liked what he's done with the strength and conditioning program since he's been here. Yeah. And those those summers were hard. I mean, they really tested us. And um, they wanted us – they wanted to weed out the people who couldn't do it. I mean, we I remember doing some pretty tough drills in that summer. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were, they were, they were pretty much – we're going to get the people who kind of, you know – don't want to do the work and don't want to put in what they actually need to, to improve out of here, which I can understand that. Yeah. So, um, you know, so, you know, we get into summer, you end up going to fall camp with us. I pretty sure during 2021. Yeah. Uh, um, had a pretty good fall camp. I believe it's, it's the memory goes as you think back a year and there's been so many, practice plays between now and then it's like oh lord uh but i thought at least from my perspective i thought you had a good camp in 2021 uh yeah 
which led into you actually making your first college debut against Bethune-Cookman with a one pass that you caught for 14 yards. <laughs> yeah, so that fall camp, I had a pretty good fall camp, and I was kind of like on the cusp of either being on the travel squad or on the scout team. And so going into that first week, I was actually on the scout team for two days. And I remember that second day I was on the scout team, um, we did a perimeter drill. And the perimeter drill, for some of the people who don't know, is basically like bubble screens and um, little uh, stack spots or just quick game throws and uh, wide runs to just work on perimeter blocking. And so I remember I had a really nice block in that perimeter blocking. And um, I wasn't even in the meeting, but in that afternoon meeting, Coach Malzahn highlighted my block in front of all of the people who had made that travel squad, saying, like, this guy's on scout team and he's giving it everything he's got. And um, we might need to bring him up here because he's just got so much more heart than a lot of you guys in here. And I remember hearing that and I was like, he said that about me like that was just a perimeter drill block <laughs> and like next day i'm on the travel squad so it was kind of just an interesting thing that happened like getting pulled up after two days it was like all right maybe my work really did pay off this fall camp because at at first i thought i i thought i definitely had enough to make the travel squad but um knowing that i got pulled up i was honestly even a better feeling because I knew that my work had paid off, so. No, oh, oh yeah, and it's uh, well, not only did you get put on uh, the travel squad, you also uh, got put on some special teams. Um, mm -hmm. What and what special teams you end up being on that last season? I was um, on kick return. I was on hands team, and I was on. Uh, I think that was that was the two main ones, and then I was also like a backup for like onside kick, but. I don't even think we ended up using the onside kick last year. I don't think so, we, um, I, I don't believe we did, but I mean, you're on those same teams this year anyway, too. So that's, yeah, it helps out. Um, so that kick return, um, I played front line. I started off as um, what we call the boundary tackle and then moved to the boundary center, which the center is the position like right next to the ball on the front line. So at any point in time, you could get the ball if they try to do a quick onside kick right there, a little bunt. So oh, yeah. I remember doing that. I played the center, boundary center for the um, Bethune-Cookman game, the Louisville game, the Navy game, and the ECU game. So those were actually like my first college snaps were on special teams. And uh, it was it was hard. Like kick return is probably one of the hardest things to do in all special teams. Because especially on that front line, people are running at you full speed and you just got to take a hit and try and block them as best as you can without getting a penalty. Yeah, that's and I think that's a very underappreciated part of special teams is that kick return unit because everyone always looks at the returner. But the hardest part is making the blocks to get the return and open space. So that was a big like experience for me. And I remember in the Navy game, um, there was a squib kick that came up. And so I basically had to just go one-on-one -on -one with this like 250 pound linebacker. He's running full speed at me and he just ran me straight over. So 
that was like my biggest like welcome to college football moment. Well, and I was like, <laughs> I don't know if I could do this anymore, coach. <laughs> well, sometimes you deliver the hit, and sometimes the hit gets delivered to you. It's never a fun yeah. thing. Um, either the nail or the hammer, and that time I was definitely the nail. Yeah, it's. Ooh. We've all had a situation like that, uh, and if you're saying you didn't, you're denying it. So yeah. So I, I think one of the things I definitely wanted to bring up in this uh, podcast today was actually the 2021 UCF space jerseys. You actually had a, a really cool connection. Uh, mm-hmm. So you want to talk about that? Because I don't want to introduce it too much. Uh, I want you yeah. to be the one to do that. <laughs> so. Um... Going into that year, the whole space theme was about the shuttle program. And my mom, who graduated from UCF as an electrical engineer, worked at NASA when they were doing the shuttle program. And so when they were making the uniforms, they had asked um, some of the alumni to reach out um, if they had a connection to the space program. And so my mom did, and she ended up having her name on the helmet stripe in that 2021 season because... Um, that helmet was um, like a clear like helmet stripe with gray names for all of the UCF alumni who ended up working on the space shuttle program. And so she actually got her name on that helmet. And so I was actually where I was able to wear that helmet with her name on it during that space game that year, which was pretty cool. And um, I think a lot of people figured it out because I had a couple of uh, articles written on me. I think I even had a local news station, uh, I think Wesh 2 came up to interview me before that game, had a little photo op, and it was just a really cool experience to be able to tie the space game between my family and the football team. So it was kind of like that really interesting connection between all three of those things. Oh, yeah. No, that's uh, that's that's also, all, honestly very, very special and very, very awesome in general. So how did you feel after Coach Malzahn ended up buying those uniforms for us? way we could keep them because they were the one-offs yeah um well my mom was actually planning on buying it anyway but once she figured out that uh coach malzahn was buying them she basically just got reimbursed for it so kind (laughs) of a nice way to save some money from that because those aren't cheap uniforms i think they were uh my mom bought them i think it was like two hundred dollars or something to buy your own jersey back yeah it was uh it was a decent it was a decent chunk of change uh, mm-hmm. Luckily, I didn't have to do it because my jersey ended up getting framed because of senior day, right. which mm-hmm. was funny because now I have two and I may have three <laughs> by the end of the year. I don't know yet. Uh, let, let's see if I can sneak by SJ and get a uh, get another frame jersey for my third senior day third season. <laughs> yeah. Um, so following the rest of that 2021 season, uh, you know, just continued playing special teams. Uh, mm-hmm. What what was the main thing you kind of work, want to work on wanted to work on in the spring of uh, 2022? Uh, what was your, I think your your mindset going into that? You know your second full season of actually getting to uh, to play. Yeah, um, I think the biggest thing for me was just kind of working on the little things, and uh, since I already kind of knew the system, it was really just working on some of the the technique things about me. I really focused my time on getting on the jugs machine, working on catches. I think I, that um, spring, 
uh, I ended up catching like 200 jugs per day or something like that with a couple of my other teammates. And uh, for those that don't know what the jugs are, it's basically a machine that shoots footballs just like a quarterback would throw them as perfect spirals. So um, catching those either 100 or 200 or whatever it was, I don't remember now, it really helped me focus on my hands. And then also I was focusing on some of the details of my route running. Um, so really for that, that's leading up to that spring was really just about the little things and um, trying, just trying to get better at a few things so I could kind of mold my game into the, the player I wanted to be going into that spring. So that's where my mindset was for that. Yeah. And again, just like the spring of 2021, I thought you had a, a good spring, um, really a good, a good summer in general. Um, mm -hmm. Really not gonna try to talk about you know fall camp at least right now because even though that's still kind of fresh, I'm not trying to lead anyone into any <laughs> secrets or anything we have coming on this season, and we'll end yeah. up we'll end up doing a a final recap at least a a a second full season recap uh, or for you it'd be a, your redshirt sophomore year recap. Uh, of course, after season ends, just to catch up and see. We have any more different questions um one of the questions yes. that we've actually gotten before and i like to continue using this one is uh you know what is your favorite part about game day um uh, hmm. favorite part about game day this could There's be a lot of different things so yeah i mean this could um, be like something small or even something big or you can go through all of them if you want to uh one thing i really enjoy and um, I'm glad that it's happening again because it, it didn't happen uh, last week. But I really enjoy, well, not last week, but week one is the night walk. And the night walk's really cool for me because I remember being on the other side of it and seeing all those players and being able to high five or fist bump them. And now that I'm on the player's side of it, it's really fun for me to just make a kid's day either with a fist bump with a high five but also seeing my parents because my parents always try and make the night walk too so being able to hug them and um let them know that uh i'm ready for game days it's pretty cool and seeing them for that last time right before we go into the locker room it's pretty important for me so that's yep. one of the biggest things but another thing that i always uh really enjoy is just coming out of that tunnel it's always really cool when they have those those big flags and the the smoke and the fire and running out to that packed bounce house you know i mean that's just one of the the best things to feel as a college athlete just all those people cheering for you and knowing that they're there to support you that's that's really cool experience oh yeah and i completely agree with you on that one uh so here's here's one of the main questions i I like to think about, and I, you know, like to see everyone's information about. So, if you had a word of advice for the next generation of walk-ons, what 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 would it be? You know, it could be something small, something big. Um, I think the my biggest advice is just to be patient. Um, because a lot of the a lot of people will tell you things that 
you want to hear and not things you need to hear. And um, I know for me, uh, I was kind of lucky to be able to get on this team almost, I feel like, because of some connections. But I always knew if I were able to get in this position that I'm going to get to the spot where I want to be. Um, and really the thing that is going to test you is your patience. And because as a walk-on, it's hard enough to get even to the travel squad or even to get even playing time. But um, it's almost like you just got to wait your turn and keep working in the dark even when people don't expect you to get there because it's hard as a walk-on. People kind of count you out before you even get there because you're not a scholarship athlete. So you really just got to keep working, keep stay after it and be patient, wait for your time. And when you get the opportunity, take advantage of it because not too many come. And I was really fortunate for me to get that opportunity that first day of spring ball and put myself on a good path to where I am now. So always be ready for the opportunity and stay patient and wait for that opportunity. Yeah, that's that's actually some really good advice. Uh, opportunities will come, and you have to make the best of them, even if mm-hmm. it's a day where you don't really want to do anything. It's yeah, hey, it's it's right here in your lap. You got to take it, or uh, you never know when you're going to get it back again. So exactly, yeah, you know, you know, Stephen, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day. I know we all have very busy schedules, uh, <laughs> and your major, of course, is something else, to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> So, again, man, I appreciate it. Um, Thank you so much. And this is where we end uh, this episode of Confessions of a College Walk-On. I'm going to name this the NASA Connection. Uh, (laughs) Even though we only talked about it for about three or four minutes, it's still going to be named the NASA Connection. Um, So, yeah, again, yeah, it's a a decent (laughs) title. Um, so again, again, uh, Stephen, you know, I'm looking forward to, you know, just seeing you progress, you know, not only this year, but in the, in the coming years too, you know, when I transition from, you know, your teammate to a fan, uh, I'm, I'm, lo- I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm looking forward to what you do, not only during college, but where your, your trajectory ends up going uh, after college as well. Yeah. So again, thanks, thank you, man, and I do appreciate your time. And thanks for, for having ev- me, Austin. It was really fun. Oh yeah, I do, I do appreciate you as always, and I do appreciate you at home or wherever you are that are listening to this. Uh, it helps me out that you know you're taking the time out of your day to listen to something like this. I know Stephen, from his perspective, really enjoys it. So again, if you guys have any questions whatsoever that you want to get answered. Uh, you can tag me uh, on the confessions. Uh, I forgot my Twitter name already. It's really bad. Uh, I'm really not supposed to forget that. But the uh, the Twitter for this is at confessions underscore walk on. You can email me at uh, walkonconfessions at gmail dot com. Uh, I'm always looking to find new you know questions that people want answered. Uh, just because you know it's always a great thing to see what people want so again thank y'all and have a nice night